Welcome to episode number 85, and I appreciate every single second that you spend listening to the show. And I just want to do something a little bit different today. I want to give you basically a state of the union, just a little peek behind the curtains as to what's going on as far as the show and how I plan to continue to build upon uh, what I have so far. So I appreciate every single moment that you spend with me listening to this. I know it is a huge commitment to actually listen to a daily podcast. If you've been listening from day one, you can definitely see that I was just so excited about this space saw the real world value and it wasn't all about speculation as uh, the people were trying to get me into crypto to begin with but seeing how this stuff can apply to small businesses or uh, fortune 500 businesses brands and have just practical application and i truly believe that every single one of us are going to be in the nft community interacting with nfts whether we know it or not that's what i think the future is going and i really wanted to have these conversations that i just couldn't have in my uh, day-to-day life crypto community itself is a niche very small community compared to the general population. And within that is the NFT community. So it was very hard for me to have those conversations. So of course, I was listening to uh, Twitter spaces, podcasts, YouTube, uh, reading blogs, all of this information, just researching it on my own. And I realized that there was just certain things that were missing as far as uh, the podcast, the few podcasts that were out there, uh, because really that's my primary uh, means of getting information, news and uh, updates, business things. I love audiobooks. I love uh, all this stuff just listening because I'm a busy person. And I I know most people that listen to podcasts are. So I appreciate the time that you're spending this time, which is why I also want to make a huge apology for the content that I've been putting out in the sense that as I explained, I am a uh, small business owner, or I should say I'm in a family business. Really, it's my father, my stepmother, and my siblings have for the most part stepped out. So as far as that goes, I'm the one who is there in the day to days. And this now is really where I would like to transition my efforts to in in building this, but I've been putting out some content, whether it be typos on Twitter or uh, some of the email content that I put out weekly or worst case scenario or the worst of all, I should say, is I've even uploaded the wrong file onto the the feed for the podcast before. And that is incredibly embarrassing. And I don't want to uh, make any excuses. Really, that is my fault. So I wanted to apologize for that. As far as the production goes, I I was doing some uh, things as far as how I'm numbering episodes, how I'm recording them, editing them and so forth. And I was mixing up some files. And at least on two occasions that I can think of, I uploaded the wrong file. So today at the end of this little uh, State of the Union, I'm actually going to drop in what should have been episode number 72. I realized that because I replaced that episode with uh, something I recorded the previous day because I just thought it fit in with the narrative of everything that was going on uh, in the market at that time. However, I changed the show notes, I changed the numbering, and I changed everything, except I did not change out the file, which is incredibly embarrassing. So I realized that two back-to-back days actually had the same exact recording. Going forward, I think I have a much better system now and I'm trying to uh, dedicate as much time as I possibly can to putting out the best content. I don't want to just put out numbers saying uh, I want to have a podcast every single day. No, I want to respect your time, understand that this is a time commitment just as it is for me, even more so for you because I'm having the fun of producing it, but you're actually taking time to listen to it. And I really appreciate that. So thank you for everything as far as interacting with me on Twitter, sharing this with your friends, whatever it is that you're doing. I have sort of uh, surprised myself as to how many people are actually listening to this, that 
I told myself that I was going to give myself 100 episodes to actually figure out my show, get my voice, and become a half-decent podcaster. And at that point, then I would start to have an audience. That's what I was thinking because most people launch a podcast and no one listens to it. And that was what I was thinking. So to have you on this journey and you're listening and interacting with it, trust me, I do not take it for granted. I really appreciate 100%. And just as you're taking that time to uh, dedicate into the show and listen to it, I want to even double down and put more time, effort, and energy into making it as best as possible. And ultimately, I would really like to make this whole NFT space, this community that I'm building and all these interactions, my full-time gig. Right now, yes, I am managing a family business and what have you, but I see where this is going. And I'm not just talking about I want to launch uh, some... uh, 10,000 generative project or start having ads on the podcast. Really? No, that is not even my goal. I just see this as uh, an opportunity to uh, speak at different uh, schools to be able to say, hey, hey look, because I'm in Jamaica right now, if, if you haven't listened to, and I want to be able to uh, speak to students that might be uh, struggling, wondering how they're going to go to college to quote unquote, get that degree to make a million dollars or whatever it is, right? To say, look, there's other options out there. You can use Web3 to really do whatever you want that you're passionate about because look at me. I was passionate about NFTs and I just picked up a mic, started speaking about it. And I had no plan other than the fact that I knew that this was something that I could dedicate every single day to. And I put out the content and now I have a business out of it. Yeah, everyone would have said I had it pretty good. I had a family business, but I was pretty miserable in that for the most part. So don't feel like you have to be cornered into anything. Just whatever you're passionate about. And in my case, it happened to be NFTs. But in your case, it could be art. It could be music. It could be literally anything. And I think you can find a way to Uh, make a living in Web3 doing that. So that is really uh, one of the major goals of uh, why I'm doing this podcast besides having the the conversations and everything, really. It's because I'm so excited about this and I really want to uh, go forward with everyone that's listening to this or will be listening to it in the future and build something amazing. And I truly believe in that wag me thing that we're all going to make it together. I really do. And thank you for coming on this journey with me. What should have been episode number 72, I'm going to drop in right behind this and it actually fits perfectly for everything that is going on right now because all of the information that was in this is actually very applicable to everything that happened in the last few days with, of course, ETH and all crypto really taking a huge dip and swinging back and people are dumping things on the floor. Some of the projects that I'm invested in, there was panic a little bit. There was hype. There was just all sorts of emotions that were going around in and out of the place. And I can definitely say that someone who has, I like to say, slayed anxiety, that was something that was very huge for me for the majority of my life. However, in this whole space with all this thing happening is triggering a lot of different things, emotions and FOMO and uh, seeing all of these things and thinking I should have missed out on this or could have missed that, I should say. And I should have bought that at that time. And really, it's easy to forget why we came into this space to begin with. And in my case, as I've just explained, all those different things. If I truly believe in this medium that we call NFTs, and I truly believe in Web3 and everything that we're doing, well, these little hiccups that are along the way is just part of the journey, and losing sight of that is not beneficial to anyone for that matter, and it really shouldn't affect my emotions as much as it does, but from day to day, I won't lie, it does from time to time. So if there's anything that you ever uh, need to speak about or uh, a little bit off topic of the whole NFT things, feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes or the email that's in the show notes, just reach out to me. I'm not going to give you any financial advice. I'm not going to tell you buy this or buy that because I don't believe that is my place or I I should even have that authority to suggest what you should buy. 
But generally speaking, if you're, if you're going through some things in this space or you just have some general questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'll answer to my best of my ability or point towards someone who can because if it's over my pay grade, I'm not afraid to say that is way out of my scope. However, I think this is a good place you could start to find or research that. So without any further ado, let's get into that episode. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Can you imagine selling an NFT and then a week later, it sells for three times what you got for it? Well, in my case, it was actually 264% more. Today, I'm going to actually discuss why it's not the end of the world. I did kick myself, beat myself up a little bit about it, but I learned a lot in the process, and I want to pass that on to you so that way you don't make the same mistake, and even if you do, that you can see the bright side in it. So as usual, I have to say that I am a huge fan of the Wax blockchain. That's really what got me into NFTs, and this mistake was definitely made on Wax. It probably would have hurt a lot more if I did it with some Ethereum-based NFTs because we'd be talking about just much bigger dollars, but I'm sure that someone definitely did the same exact thing. Let me get you a little bit familiar with the whole uh, process of what goes on Wax. The way collectibles work on Wax, if you're not familiar with it, is very different than with Ethereum. There are a lot of one-of-one one, uh, projects. There are definitely a lot more generative art and things like that. But on Wax, there are a lot of packs. And these packs are literally just the same thing as collecting trading cards in the physical real world. Major League Baseball even uh, tops the original MLB NFTs that they were releasing was on Wax. There have been many projects, independent and major projects by huge brands that have released packs. And one that I was really excited about to get into was actually fully released by the Wax team through a partnership that they have with Capcom. They released Street Fighter NFTs. I was really excited about this. First, there were Series 1, which were all static images. By the time I really got into it and was figuring out what was going on, it was Series 2. But Series 1, I'll just give you a little bit background about that. When that released, they were just a massive amount. It was a huge hit. And they introduced this whole blending process. And a blending NFTs on the Wax blockchain really means that you take two different NFTs and you put them together to make a final version. So you have a build card and you use the website to interact with the actual NFT. You burn that original one. And once it's put together with the other ones that are also burned, you get a brand new mint of a combined card. It's what happened with the Board Apes Yacht Club when they had that serum and then you get the mutant apes. Well, on Wax, this is something that is very common. A lot of projects are doing that. And because of the gas fees, the transactions and everything, it just makes it very easy. And honestly, anyone can do that now. You don't even have to depend fully on the Wax team. You can use Nefty Blocks to do that. So a lot of that goes on the Wax blockchain. So when I got into this whole Street Fighter collecting, I go over to the original release date and I was so excited because they were releasing way less this time. These cards are going to be animated. You put them together, you get the final, like the finishing moves and it looks literally like the movie or the the video game, you know, the full graphics with all sorts of things. And I was just so excited. And you can build up different levels depending what cards you put together. It could be as many as six or even up to, I think it's 10 cards that you can put to get certain builds. So I was like, wow, this is going to be completely just amazing. And of course, as you're building this stuff, they're actually burning the original cards, like I said, so it becomes rarer and rarer. And because these are pre-minted, which means that they actually were already on the blockchain, it's not like a foot race series 
phase one was a foot race. The first person to craft a particular card knew that they were going to get the mint one, which is the original one. And if you think of it as I've used the analogy of, say, the Gutenberg printing press, the first books that came off that press have a high value because it was the first one. Or even when a modern day book is released, let's say it is a massive hit, a massive success. Usually that first one that came off the printing press, it goes to the author and it has collector's value. So with this, with series two, they said, we're going to pre-mint everything. So it doesn't matter when you mint, you have the opportunity to get a number one mint. So it is pretty cool. You can craft this even a month after its release. And by chance, from what is out there, you can get a number one mint. And in my case, when I crafted, I ended up getting a power five number one mint card, which is, you know, pretty much up there. It wasn't a finishing move, but as far as just the quote unquote basic ones that were not that finishing move, this was like something to really have. And in addition to that, you also get a bonus animated card that was airdropped with it. So I said, okay, this is pretty cool. And now let me rewind so I can actually explain to you how I got the pricing of what I ended up selling it for. These packs were originally on two different levels. There was the the regular pack, which were, I think, 10 cards for $15 at release. And then there was the ultra pack, which had 50 cards in it for $50. So there was that little bit of savings. Plus, you just have the benefit of having so much more cards that you can craft and you can mix together. And the cool thing with it is you put some build cards with these chi cards or kai cards, depending how you pronounce it. But they were basically the energy cards. So this was a whole bunch of mixing and matching. And even with series one, certain blends that you could have, you would take a series one card. But in order to make this power five card that I ended up getting, I believe it was about six different cards that I needed to use to put into the build. You needed a start card, energy card, and all these different ones. When I got it, I was pretty excited. It's like, oh, wow, this is mint number one. This is pretty cool. And I immediately went to go look at the market to see what it was worth. And I was seeing what they were selling for. And I was uh, not really that excited at that point when I realized, okay, everything else for this particular card was selling in the three, four, five dollar range. So I said, okay, you know what? Since this is a mint number one, it has to be worth at least 10 times more. And the way I was looking at it and calculating it was based on the fact that I bought the ultra pack for $50. So I said, well, if I can sell one card and recoup all of the money or all of the wax, if you will, that I spent on the entire pack, then I'm ahead. And I could take that profit to go buy another pack. And essentially, I'm stacking my wax within the project without adding any additional money. I mean, in theory and on paper, this is an amazing plan, right? Well, this is where it also all starts to go wrong. First, when I listed onto the Atomic Hub marketplace, that is like the open sea of wax if you're not familiar with it. I did not put an end date. So that's strike number one. Strike number two is you have the option to either list a sale according to the amount of wax that you want or according to the US dollar equivalent. And again, since this sale was for $50 worth of wax because this was actually done by the wax team and you were able to use fiat to get your wax, just use your debit card, purchase the pack and automatically you get it dropped into your account. So what I ended up doing was I listed it for the equivalent of $50 after the Atomic Hub fees. I worked out the little math, saw what percentage that was going to the project, saw what percentage was going to the Atomic Hub, and I knew I wanted $50 so I could buy another pack. Now, at the time, Wax was pretty hard to get because a lot of the uh, exchanges that is on now, it is not. And while my sale was going on, the announcement was made that it was going on Binance. As soon as that tweet went out, all of the news started to spread. The value of Wax shot up. 
Now, when I say shot up, I don't mean like Bitcoin numbers, because when I got into wax, it was bouncing around anywhere between nine cents and 14 cents. Sometimes it would get up in the 20s, but it was always in that really undervalued, in my opinion, place. But as soon as that announcement was made, I believe it shot up to about 45 cents overnight. Now, that sounds great, and I was really excited. So I went to go see what was the balance of my account. All the other NFTs and everything that I have, it displays it right on the top of each account. So I go to the account where I know all my Street Fighter cards were, and I realized I had a whole bunch of wax. So I said, huh, all right, well... Maybe I made a mistake. I had more WaxP tokens in the account than I actually thought. So I just start browsing through, looking through my different cards, looking at my different NFTs. And I said, well, I wonder how much that number one mint is actually worth. I'd go to the search box. I search by mint number and I couldn't find it. So I said, wait a minute, what's going on here? I go through all the Street Fighter cards. I go one by one and I still don't see it. Then I remembered I had it for sale. So I rush over to the tab where you can actually see what sold and I realize it's sold. And I said, oh man, I can't believe it's sold. And because I had it set for the US dollar amount, I ended up getting way less wax than I could have gotten if I had it listed by wax. Because of course, one wax would always be one wax. So it doesn't really matter what the exchange rate is as far as US dollar. If I had it listed entirely in wax and not some sort of a derivative of the uh, US dollar, then it really wouldn't matter. I would have gotten the same amount of wax. So I know that might sound a little confusing, but just use it this way. For example, what's going on with Ethereum right now? A month ago, Ethereum was well up over $3,000 closer to $4,000. But then once the price started to drop, okay, you're going to see a lot of people trying to unload them. And if they're working on a dollar value, well, it's going to be more Ethereum that they're going to try to sell the NFT for now to recoup that dollar value. However, if Ethereum ends up shooting all the way up, let's say it doubles, then it's going to require less Ethereum to actually uh, get into that NFT, right? So with WAX, that was the thing that I did with that. Since I had it set for that US dollar value, once the price of the token shot up, the amount of WAX tokens that I'm going to get to reach my $50 went down by a lot. So that's really where I went wrong. It was really a benefit for the, the buyer because that buyer had a stash of WAX just saved up. So once the price shot up, I, I think it probably, I'm not going to do the math exactly. I'd have to look it up, but I know it was over half the savings for sure. That person was able to buy the NFT for. So really that buyer, it did not matter that I had it listed for $50 because yesterday, no, wasn't willing to pay the $50, but because the amount of wax required to purchase from me was cut in half overnight, well, now he's willing to purchase it. So a lot of what you're seeing right now with the market, especially how Ethereum, and all, really all, all of the crypto coins uh, just absolutely tanked in the last few days. That's why I had to make this amendment and release the episode after the one I did yesterday. If you notice that I initially intended to release this whole story right here, but I decided to push it back one day, cut out a section of it and really edit this part into it. So I'm explaining exactly how it correlates to what happened over the last couple of days. And that is really why I released the episode I did yesterday. So if you haven't listened to that one, take a look at that or take a listen to that, I should say. And you'll see how it all relates to this. And it was just by coincidence that I scheduled uh, to release this episode while all this craziness was happening. But the good thing is I was able to learn from it. Now, going back to this whole wax story, 
I remember when it sold, I said, wow, at least I got back all my money. So I tried to console myself and I went to my wife. I actually showed her what I paid to get into it and what it sold for. And of course, I'm recouping my cost. So technically, I have no uh, more investment in it. I broke even. Now I can go back and buy that other pack, right? And I remember specifically, I said to her, well, even if it ends up selling way more down the line, it's okay because I already got back my money, right? That was what I was thinking at that time. So now I turned around and I go and I purchase that that other pack and I start going through that one. I'm trying to craft, starting to go through it, see what exactly I can make. And of course, nothing is great. Nothing is spectacular. I do a whole bunch of crafting, trying to get some level five cards, but I was just getting some basic stuff. I was getting no number one mints. I was getting no legendaries or epics or anything really. Uh, the finishing moves that were the most valuable ones. I was getting some of those, but like the lower end finishing moves, nothing really that compared to the value of that one card. So although I went through that and I started to then use some of the excess I had over to start buying some more energy cards and some low cards, crafting cards. So that way I could try to hit it big again. And it didn't work. All right. Well, now I have a cool Street Fighter collection that I could show and I could just check out. And really, anyone that's trying to get into the NFT space, there's something that I could actually show them. A lot of people of my generation, you know, if you grew up in the uh, 90s, early 2000s playing video games, especially on the older systems, the quote unquote vintage systems, you know, you're used to Street Fighter, you're going to feel nostalgic. So I would like to have that one to actually show my friends and show them the utility of the NFTs. So I have no problem collecting this stuff. However, the blockchain keeps a record of everything. So I decided to go back a few days later and actually see how is my former card doing right now? The number one mint that I got my $50 for. And that's when I realized only a few days later, it sold for 265% more than what I got for it. And at that point, I was starting to kick myself. Man, I should have never sold it for what I sold it for. I can't believe I did that. But luckily, remember, what I said to my wife was, even if it sells for 10 times more, it really doesn't matter because I got back all my money already, right? So luckily, she was there to remind that to me and uh, say that to me and said, hey, remember you said it's all good if it sells for more because you got back all of your money? Yes, that is true. But I won't lie. Seeing it on the blockchain only a few days later, selling for that much more, it did kind of leave a sour taste in my mouth. However, that experience really taught me a lot. So when it came to now going over to Ethereum, looking at some of those NFTs, and of course, the price and the amount of money involved in the game over there is way more than Wax. I'm grateful and I'm glad that I made those mistakes over on Wax. So during all of this tanking, if you will, all the prices going down and everything, I'm seeing a lot of people just start to unload things onto the market, right? They're just trying to sell. They're trying to dump. I don't know if they're just trying to get liquid again or possibly if they are uh, in the position where they really need their crypto and they just want to get out of it. I can't really say, but they're just dumping things onto the market really quickly. So if you listen to yesterday's episode, again, just plugging that, <laughs> I did explain exactly what was going on, why people were just dumping stuff and how there was great deals to be had out there. I was able to recognize it this time around and was better in a position to be the buyer. So really summarizing everything that I learned through this whole process is, number one, do not look at it as a dollar amount. It's better that you look at it as the amount of crypto that it is. As long as assuming that you believe that the in the long run, that specific token that it is in is going to go up in value. If you think the token is tanking and you just want to get out of it, well, in that case, throw away everything I'm about to say. 
But generally speaking, I know I have faith in most of these blockchains that I'm buying these NFTs on. So when they start to go up and down and just regular market volatility, there's red days, there's green days, and there's crazy times like we just saw over the weekend. And who knows what next month will be. But generally speaking, I have the belief that Ethereum, Solano, WAC, and quite a few of these are actually going to go up. Therefore, when I'm pricing this and I'm doing my P&L statements, which is my profit and loss, how I'm working it out is actually not in US dollars because that changes so frequently the actual conversion rate. And really, it doesn't matter until I'm ready to convert it out into dollars as to what that is worth to me. So I just keep track of everything and whatever it is. If it's in wax, what I paid for it in wax, well, I'm calculating my profit for what I want in wax. It doesn't matter what the conversion rate is. And if it is in Ethereum, the things that I'm buying on the floor right now, well, when I'm going to resell them, I'm going to calculate that in Ethereum, right? Generally speaking, as I said, I expect the value of these things to go back up. So that is how I'm approaching it. Not saying that you should do it the same way, but whatever system that you have, just stick to the plan and just work with that. As long as it is working for you, that is great. But my plan is to just calculate everything in Ethereum. So a lot of people or whatever token it is. So a lot of people will say, okay, well, if you sold something or if you bought something for one ETH yesterday and the price falls 15% overnight, and you sell it for one ETH, then you have lost money because of the exchange rate. But that's not how I look at it. The only thing that I'm going to uh, put into that is to say is quote unquote lost money or make money would be the transaction fees and the gas fees. But definitely one Ethereum yesterday is still worth one today. And I keep saying Ethereum, but I know it's Ether. I, I don't know why they would name the coin and the blockchain so similarly, and they just sort of uh, mix up. But I, I guess it's sort of the same thing on the other ones too. But at least with WAX, you know, whether you're talking about WAX P token itself or you're talking about the WAX blockchain, that generally speaking, the community just calls it WAX. But I know over on Ethereum, people will say, no, you're saying Ethereum network, but the coin is actually Aether. Yes, I understand that. And I know some people really get touchy on that. Luckily, I haven't been called out on it yet. But I see the other comments of people that are just way more popular and what have you um, on YouTube and so forth. And people are just really just going after them because of that. But anyways, that is a different subject in itself. So that is how I'm looking at it. And as far as how I'm calculating the value and everything, that is a mistake I learned in the past and I won't make it again. With that said, I hope you appreciate the fact that I pushed this episode one day back to uh, be able to uh, plug in what I said yesterday because I thought all of this information, what I learned through that whole thing, would have been a lot more valuable sharing this a day after what I shared yesterday. So thanks for listening as usual. And if you find this informative or just enjoy listening to the show, I would greatly appreciate it if you left a review. In most podcast apps, right in there, you can actually leave the review or ratings or whatever it is. But the big ones that really drive the market are Spotify and Apple. And it just really helps to show up in the search results. With that said, I will see you in the next one. So later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.